All right, Alexander, let's talk about the Munich Security Conference, which wrapped up a lot of interesting comments and statements. I believe the highlight of the event was Annalena Baerbock and her Putin 360-degree statement, which no one, no one on stage corrected her, which they could have done politely and just said, excuse me, I think you meant 180. And she would have said, oh, yeah, 180. And and no one in in the audience uh, laughed or, or did anything. They all kind of accepted her comment, which I think is kind of revealing. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a highlight for me. But there were a lot of interesting statements. Um, Rishi Sunak doubling down on support for Ukraine. Macron saying, I don't believe in regime change, but we have to give Ukraine more weapons so that we can bring Putin to the negotiating table on our terms. And Olaf Schultz saying, if you have tanks... Give them now. Um, and then, of course, the standard lines of Ukraine's going to win. We're 100% sure they're going to win. That's what Blinken said. That's what the Estonian prime minister said, who also, the Estonian prime minister also said that Russians need to be re-educated. We need to rewire their brains. She said something like that. And then we got uh, the standard line of as long as it takes, we're going to support Ukraine for as long as it takes, as long as it takes, as long as it takes. And we also had some drama between China and the United States as well. In uh, Munich, a lot of claims from uh, from Blinken and uh, also from the UN ambassador, the US ambassador to the UN as well, which is that China may be crossing one of the uh, US's red lines with regards to Russia and Ukraine. So a lot of comedy, but also some interesting statements and comments as well. I mean, the, the, the comedy isn't, is, to, is something which we should take note of because it, it shows both the caliber of the people we're talking about and how completely, um, you know, nervous deep down they really are. When Baerbock talks about 360 degree, getting Putin to change 360 degrees and her geometry, as we said, is a little bit strange. And when Sunak talks about, you know, the West needs to double down in, in Ukraine, apparently oblivious or seemingly oblivious, I don't know how oblivious he really was, to the fact that he's actually taking uh, a simile from the roulette tables. <laughs> I mean, that tells you that deep down behind everything, there's an awful lot more doubt and nervousness than people are prepared to admit to. And in fact, I think just before the we did this programme, or shortly before we did this programme, I sent you a title from Politico, which uh, 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 of an article which says it's the end of the world as we know it, and Munich feels nervous. In other words, all of these people went to Munich, and they're feeling, for the first time, that despite all their brave words about Ukraine winning, about you know as long as it takes, about um, um, the fact that um, you know Russians must be changed and re-indoctrinated to think differently from the way that they were. Behind all of this, behind this facade of confidence and all of those comments, you know, that we must hold the line, we must fight on, we must give Ukraine everything it wants. The doubts are now there. They're being probably talked about openly behind the scenes. Um, People are whispering to each other, it's not going right in Ukraine. It's not going right with the Russians. And of course, the contrast is so much 
with the Munich Security Conference last year, when they were all, as I've said so many times on so many programmes we've done, they all looked intoxicated, they were all absolutely uh, um, thrilled with themselves because they were going to, in the run-up to the war, they were expecting that, you know, the war will begin, we'll impose these massive sanctions on the Russians, the, uh, um, Russia will collapse, we'll finally achieve our... Uh, objective of regime change, and it's it's not happened. And in fact, the war isn't going well, and Russia is still there, and Putin is still there, and now the Chinese are coming along, and they're making a big play. And I'm going to come to that in a moment, but just just to say again, I mean, there is an article in the Financial Times today by Gideon Rackman, another one that talks about you know the situation being. Uh, very, very difficult. There is no quick path to peace in Ukraine. The Western alliance's public confidence over the war masks private anxiety. And, you know, here's somebody who, to, to say it straightforwardly, has always been uh, something of an you know, enthusiast for the war, very critical of Russians, very critical of Putin, somebody who's at least gone along with the neocons on many things, even if he's not a full, fully-fledged neocon himself. So the, all the doubts are there, and they are expressing themselves in these weird verbal stumbles, if they are stumbles. The 360-degree thing from Baerbock, the doubling down from Sunak. Perhaps he senses deep down that this is a gamble, a really dangerous gamble now. Perhaps he's telegraphing to the world. Look, I may be saying one thing, but really, I think something else. I think this is all a big mistake. We see Macron coming out and saying, you know, regime change in Moscow, it's not happening. So let's not even talk about it anymore. So you see the doubts and then China comes along. And what is fascinating about China and when I say China, you know, Wang Yi, their veteran foreign minister, he's now a member of the Politburo. He's been promoted. He's now a big policy decision maker in China itself. He comes along to the Munich Security Conference. He says that China is preparing a position paper, which they're going to publish in a few days. And the entire conference goes mad. They seem to have a collective nervous breakdown. They say that China is trying to split the West. It's trying to set the Europeans and the Americans off against each other. Beerbock says, you know, we can't accept the plan if it prevents us supplying weapons to Ukraine. Others, you know, get uh, come out and say China is preparing to cross our red lines. It's going to provide weapons to the Russians. And again... What it all highlights is how nervous they all are and how, the, how um, they're worried now that even in Munich, it's the Chinese who are making the running and who are outmaneuvering the West because, of course, nothing is going right. And this wonderful plan that was going to knock out Russia and isolate China, it's not working out as expected. What kind of uh, policy paper is, is China going to come out with, do you know? Because even today when, uh, uh, well, we're filming this video, but when, uh, one sec, Alexander. Take a, take, 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 a, take a step, take, take a step back. 
what what type of uh, policy paper is China uh, coming out with? Do you know? Because uh, Elensky he said that uh, he's coming out with this peace proposal that he's going to submit to the UN, and he made overtures to China. He said something along the lines of, we want China with us, because if China goes against us, then it's going to lead to World War III. I mean, what's what's happening with with China? They're making the uh, the U.S. And, and the collective West very, very nervous, it seems. Well, they are indeed, because, of course, what's happening is this isn't just Wang Yi telling us that the Chinese are coming up with a position paper, but he's having meetings with Western officials, and they're clearly not happy with what he's telling them. And he's now made further comments in which he says that for there to be peace in Ukraine, the United States specifically must change its policies. Now, I don't know, of course, what the position paper is going to say, but I suspect that it's going to be very much in line with what the Chinese have been saying ever since the war began, which is that the war began because the United States and the collective West breached Russia's red lines. The Russians have valid security concerns and that the way to achieve peace in Ukraine is to address seriously those Russian security concerns. And that means essentially going back to those draft treaties that the Russians were talking about way back, if you remember, in the months and weeks before the war. They published two draft treaties in December 2021, and they were the topic of a lot of discussion, but the Western powers said collectively no to them. And I suspect that's, what, that's all the Chinese are going to say. But it's already enough to unnerve the West. The Russians seem to be very relaxed about whatever it is that the Chinese are up to. The West is absolutely scared, and they're talking now about, even to the point of talking about the Chinese supplying arms to Russia. And of course, Zelensky, well, in his usual way, is now saying if the Chinese ally with the Russians, we're in a World War III type situation. I have to say this, by the way, I mean, I'm not suggesting this is going to happen. But if China, whose manufacturing capacity I've recently read is now greater than that of the United States and the EU combined, not saying its economy is, I'm talking about its manufacturing capacity. If China starts you know, making weapons and sending them to Russia, well, it's curtains. I mean, there's no conceivable way that any Western arms supplies, which are struggling to match Russian production, would ever match the Chinese. So, you know, the very fact that the Western powers are getting so nervous about this show and talking in this way shows how, you know, hysterically nervous about China they are. But there is another factor at play here, which isn't just about China, because a lot of other countries from around the world were invited to the Munich Security Conference. There were representatives from Africa. There were representatives from uh, Latin America. There were uh, representatives from all sorts of countries uh, in Asia, apparently. And um, again, I'm taking this from the Financial Times. There was lots of attempts 
by the Western powers to rally these countries, to persuade all of these countries to support the West over Ukraine. And they all refused. Apparently, you know, they, 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 there were comments from the foreign minister of um, Brazil, the vice president of Colombia, the uh, foreign minister of Namibia, um, comments by all sorts of other leaders saying, you know, look, this is your obsession. This is your war. We are, we are, we are neutral. We're not going to side with you over this war. Um, why don't you talk peace? Why are you always focused all the time upon war? Why aren't you prepared to look for proper negotiated outcomes that might satisfy Russian concerns? Because that's the implication. And that's not what the West it wants to hear at all. And they're now spooked because the Chinese are coming up with a position paper that is saying what most of the world thinks. And um, they're worried that most of the world is going to chuck back the Chinese position paper as opposed to Zelensky's so-called peace plan, which, of course, isn't really a peace plan at all. So, I mean, it benefits China to... Russia, Russia winning in Ukraine is to... China's benefit, Ultimately, because China because understands yeah. that. Because China understands that, should Russia lose, well, then they're next. And yes, and the U.S. has said as much. But I mean, they pretty much come out and said it that, you know, China's next on on the list. I mean, everyone knows that. So, uh, is is China going to manufacture for for Russia? I mean, is that the concern? Who knows? I mean, clearly, this is something that's making people in the West extremely nervous. But I'm going to suggest two things here. Firstly, contrary to what was being suggested, you know, right at the start of the war, something which I, by the way, went along with and which a lot of people are still repeating, which is that the United States has come out the big winner from this war. I would suggest that China is coming out increasingly as the big winner from this war. If Russia wins and China maintains the position that it has, um, in, which it is going to, and, you know, the Chinese don't supply weapons to the Russians, well, then China has a stronger ally in Russia. The whole Western plan to uh, isolate China, that visibly fails. We're definitely in the end, looking at the end of, uh, you know, the unipolar moment, Western hegemony, the rules-based order, all of that, all of that sort of thing. That's, that goes out of the window. If the war is prolonged, China also wins because China's leverage grows. It strengthens its position. It might want, for example, at that point, to start arming Russia. It doesn't want Russia to lose so it can provide weapons to Russia. It can mobilise more and more of the, I'll call it the global south, the rest of the world. And it's the United States that looks overcommitted, the Western powers that look overcommitted. It's the Chinese then who are in a stronger position to benefit diplomatically and strategically from the conflict. And, of course, they draw the Russians, in that case, closer to themselves. 
And, of course, the one thing that China will not allow is Russia losing. <laughs> because from China's point of view, Russia losing um, would be to, you know, have the neocons gain the position that they want. And we see from the reaction, the very possibility of China supplying weapons to Russia, we see that the Chinese actually are in a position to prevent Russia losing by simply providing arms. And uh, we've had all sorts of people now from, you know, the German business community, apparently other people in the United States, Josh Hawley did a really interesting speech about China, which we should discuss at some point. He didn't just talk about China. He talked about foreign policy. But the idea of an economic war with China is an absolute nightmare that even the neocons um, in the West should really balk at. Probably they won't do, but an awful lot of other people in the West will. So China is looking, frankly, as if it is coming pretty well positioned out of this conflict. And I think that's making a lot of people very nervous, given that the way in which this whole game that was being played in Ukraine was initially, um, you know, sold, was that, you know, we'll knock out the Russians, we can then go after the Chinese, and then we have the unipolar system perpetuated indefinitely. They don't want it to look as if the Chinese are the winners, because then, in that case, it's the reverse that has happened. Yeah, the the United States and, and Europe, the EU, I mean, they've, they've bet it all on Ukraine, and they've become absolutely obsessed with Ukraine. Obsessed. If, Emotionally, physically, I mean, mentally, I mean, they're completely obsessed with Ukraine to the point where they don't really do much, much of anything else. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they, they can't even shoot down balloons. That's, that's, well, how, that's how singularly obsessed they've become with Ukraine, that everything else has kind of stopped for them. Yes. Everything, yes. it seems. Well, While China... And Russia, even even Russia, that's fighting this war. They're they're going about their business. They're traveling around. They're making business deals. They're 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 making economic deals. They're having tons of meetings, which don't even concern Ukraine. I mean, even Putin has meetings many of the times that don't even concern Ukraine so much. I mean, they seem to be able to to multitask. It seems, but the collective West has has let this thing completely consume them to the point of uh, of of the fact of the fact that it's going to destroy them. I mean, this will destroy well, the collective West. Well, absolutely, that's entirely correct. Now, can I just? I mean, since you brought this up, let 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 me go to that article in the Financial Times. It says Western pleas over Ukraine failed to sway African and South American leaders. And this is all about this is all describing what's happened at the Munich Security Conference. U.S. and European leaders struggle to convince rest of the world that Russian invasion is a threat to all. Why should Brazil be concerned with what is going on in Ukraine? Why should it see it as a threat? 
And if you go further down in the article, and this is the Financial Times article, it's making exactly the point that you've just made. There was palpable frustration amongst some leaders from African and South American nations that the war in Ukraine was consuming the time, money and attention at the West of the West at the expense of other pressing problems. And uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That is exactly uh, uh, what has happened. The West has been taken over by an obsession. And anybody who is in the grip of an obsession is no longer making decisions rationally. Um, it, 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 it astonishes me to a great extent that the United States has made this mistake given that the greatest novel about obsession and about the danger of obsession, which is Moby Dick, is an American novel. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you go after the white whale, you go after Russia, you just lose all sense of reality about everything else. You destroy everything around you, but you just can't give up on this because it's become so visceral, so emo emotional, so obsessive that you just can't stop. And you can see what happened at Munich is that you and, you know, the Financial Times article goes into which it, it gives the whole all the various leaders who were spoke, speaking there. Um, they were all basically telling Western leaders, look, you know, ease off on Ukraine, ease off on Russia. There's all sorts of other problems that demand your attention. And what happens is like, like all obsessed people, Western leaders don't want to listen to this. They become angry, they become frustrated, and they come up with bizarre comments like, you know, bear box 360 Degrees comment <laughs> and uh, uh, um, Rishi Sunak's doubling down. I mean, doubling. What is doubling down? What is Sunak talking about when he says double down? He's admitting to the fixated way. It's a, it's an admission. It's an implicit admission on how obsessive this is. How the whole future of the West is now being gambled on this war in Ukraine, right at the very start, before the war even began. I remember we did a program in which you said that it was crazy for the West to stake the whole of NATO's survival, dying on this hill of Ukraine. And yet that's exactly what they've done. Yeah. What do you make of, just the final question, what do you make of the, the admission from Ursula? It's kind of flown under the radar, but Ursula said in her panel discussion that the EU was coordinating with the United States in December of 2021 with uh, with sanctions packages. And I mean, she, she clarified it and said, we were hoping that Russia was not going to invade, but it was a very difficult and tedious task to, to line up our uh, economic policies so that we can come, come together with one united sanctions package. This was a good two, three months before the, the actual uh, invasion, the special military operation. Once again, it seems like this admission plays right into the Kremlin's uh, hand so that they can they can come out and say, you see, this was indeed a provoked conflict. I mean, that's that's the way I took it. But but she's admitting this. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why. Why do you feel a need to divulge 
this type of information that three months before the, the conflict, you were coordinating with the Biden White House about Russian sanctions. Indeed, indeed. Why, why indeed make those kind of uh, admissions? But just, just take a step back and think of something else. I mean, Ursula von der Leyen is the president of the European Commission, and she was also, she's also from Germany. She's German. She was the German defense minister. And at the very same time that the Europeans are working with the Americans on imposing these enormous sanctions, the Germans, the Americans, according to Seymour Hirsch, are plotting to blow up European pipelines. Just, just, just mentioning all of this. The point is, you're quite right. What this shows, what this is going to show around the world, both in Russia, but right across every part of the world that is not part of the West, is that not only was this war provoked, it was planned, it was intended. I mean, going back to what I was saying at the very, you know, earlier in the program, go. Reel back and watch the film from 2022, Munich 2022, when it was all meeting last year. They were all inc incredibly excited. They were all, you know, thrilled at the idea that they were going to impose these sanctions because that was the plan all along. There was uh, going to be the sanctions. There was going to be the blowing up of the pipelines. Not everybody knew that, of course, but... Some people probably did know. And, of course, there was the shelling that was already happening of the Donbass. It was clearly what they wanted to see. It hasn't worked out. It didn't go as intended. It didn't turn out at all in the way that was planned. And if you go back to um, um, Gideon Rackman, as I said, a uh, uh, fervid... Um, supporter of the war, if you like, um, and all that. But he says that while the Russian economy has performed, Russian military has performed worse than expected, that's debatable. But anyway, he says the Russian economy has performed better. When swinging Western sanctions were imposed, it was widely predicted that Russia would suffer an economic contraction of 20% or more. In the event, its economy is thought to have shrunk by about 3 to 4% and may grow over the next year. In fact, it hasn't shrunk by 3 to 4%. I don't know where he's getting those figures from. The latest statistics suggest that it was more like 2.5%, and that might even be an overestimate as well. Yeah. They had a plan. They had, they had everything had plan. planned out. Absolutely. And what now did Mike Tyson them. say? Every, every, everyone has a Go plan on. until you get punched in, in the face. Yeah. Well, that's right. And, of course, they, they're now in that prolonged war that they never expected that they would be in. And um, they don't quite know what – they don't know what to do. <laughs> They're dusting out the old tanks. They're dusting out the old shells, all those things, you know, from the warehouses, such as they are. They're trying to cobble together this great army that they want to build in Ukraine. I mean, we did that program um, some time ago, which you said that they're making, trying to build an army on the fly, <laughs> which isn't supposed to be the way you build an army. But anyway, that's what they're trying to do. And uh, they're hoping 
that something somewhere will turn up. That's really what it's all about. And they're getting very, very frustrated, and very, very angry, and very angry and very frustrated people say weird things like, you know, sort of 360 degrees and the doubling down. But they're also quite capable of doing very dangerous things. And that's what we've got to worry about um, in the future. After all, they've already done very dangerous things. They could do more dangerous things still. Yeah, and something tells me that uh, China's going to to play a role in all of this, perhaps a very well, decisive guess. role in, in all this, because instead of the U.S. engaging in diplomacy with Russia, all the statements so far have been threats. Exactly. Towards well, Russia. That's exactly what, Towards well, exactly, uh, China. That's, yeah. Well, exactly. That's, that's exactly true, and you're completely right. By the way, I ought to quickly add that that uh, uh, Financial Times article that I was just reading from, the one about the... Uh, um, leaders from the West, from, from sorry, from the the non-Western countries, telling everybody at the Munich Security Conference that um, uh, the uh, you know that they're that, that they're obsessed with Ukraine and this isn't of the same consuming interest to the rest of the world, and that the Western leaders going away baffled and angry and frustrated. Um, that that same article also uh, um, leaked out the fact that the balloon, <laughs> the Chinese balloon, was actually a weather balloon all along. It didn't quite say that, but it did say that, uh, um, you know, the Western officials have now come round to the view that it was simply blown off course, which is, of course, what the Chinese were saying all along. So, you know, the US was launching all its fighter jets to shoot down all these balloons. It shot down one that was apparently set up by a school group, so I understand, and which cost all of $12. That's the reports I've seen. But the original Chinese balloon wasn't a spy balloon. It wasn't even trolling. It was just a weather balloon that went off course and off the record, Western officials, according to the Financial Times, are admitting it. Just goes back to what we were saying there. They they've lost the plot. They can't they can't they've focus the on anything else except Ukraine. No. Yeah, and it, it shows. Exactly. And this it was shows. a White House that wasn't very talented to begin with. I mean, no. that's why no. these aren't people that can handle a lot of that can that, that can juggle a lot of different uh, problems to begin with. So, well, of course know. not. I mean, you know, a, a, a country like the United States, which is already at the center of the global system should not be trying to destabilize the global system by fomenting wars in Ukraine. We should be trying to look for diplomatic solutions because that's in its own interests. And, uh, you know, these complex chess games that people like Sullivan, Blinken, Newland and co. all play, in Newland's case, I think there's a general visceral animus against Russia as well, which don't completely understand, but which is clearly there. But these complex chess games, are, 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 no real statesperson ever plays them. <laughs> these are not statesmen. Yeah. These are, these are as I said, statesmen. these are not statesmen. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm searching for a phrase, but I don't think we need one. I mean, as you said, a talentless group of people who are in over their heads and who leading the United States, down a rabbit hole. Yeah. All right. We'll end it there at thedurant.locals.com. We are on Rockfin as well. And go to the Durant shop, 10% off. Use the code GOODDAY.
Take care.